Thursday night edition of the Anaheim Calling Podcast. We're back 10 days after recording our last podcast, or nine days, and man, the world has basically been turned on its head Yep. since the last time we recorded. So if you didn't see the news today, um, or <laughs> just as a refresher, the National Hockey League has suspended play indefinitely for the 2019-20 NHL season. So just to reiterate what the league put out today, in light of ongoing developments resulting from the coronavirus and after consulting with medical experts and convening a conference call of the Board of Governors, the National Hockey League is announcing today that it will pause the 2019-20 season beginning with tonight's game. So that was put out earlier today. Um, really what the straw that broke the camel's back here is that one NBA player on Wednesday night tested positive for the coronavirus. And so the NBA went ahead and postponed its season. The NHL used the term paused. And so we may still get a resolution to the season in the coming day in the coming months. But for now, everything is put on hold. So there are some particulars to get into, but Jake, just before we get into that, um, what was what was your reaction to this when it when it broke through? Um, it's the right thing to do. It, it it's definitely the right thing to do. All precautions that can be taken should be taken uh, with this to stop it from essentially spreading throughout the country and becoming essentially a worse situation than it already is. Um, and so I think it's it's the right move. Um. Because not only are you protect, protecting your assets and the players, because at the end of the day, that is what, as dumb as this sounds, that is what matters in the situation, at least to the owners, because the players are their assets. That's what they're paying uh, for. And so they're protecting them, but it's also protecting the communities by not having them come to the game and potentially spreading the virus more throughout the community through these larger events. So it was the right thing to do, um, regardless of how you kind of feel about the virus, it you got to take all precautions that are, are available to you. And at the end of the day, this was what was needed. And um, so it, it was the correct move. Yes. I, I had no moment of even, oh man, I'm bummed. I was actually happy to see this news because what we know so far about this virus is that it is highly, highly contagious. And really the best thing you can do, according to many different sources throughout the world is just, stay away, stay apart from each other, social distancing. There have been, there's multiple examples throughout history of that working to slow down different outbreaks. And so massive sporting events with tens of thousands of people, uh, with players traveling between cities, that just seems um, well, like something that if you can, if you can put that on pause for a while, you're going to slow it down. And so good on the NHL to follow suit good on the NBA and all the other different leagues across the world that have now put a hold on their seasons. Yeah. Which I'll run it through real quick for everyone out there. But, um, for those of you that don't know, here's kind of what's been happening. NCAA basketball has canceled the men's and women's NCAA tournaments and all of NCAA sports have actually been canceled. So that includes NCAA hockey. So relevant to the ducks with Trevor's egress this season, officially being over for college hockey. Uh, the NBA has suspended their season indefinitely. NHL suspended indefinitely. MLS has suspended their season, which just got started indefinite or not indefinitely, uh, officially for 30 days is what they're listed at. MLB is opening day has been delayed for two weeks. NFL, the owners meetings have been canceled. The XFL uh, 
their season suspended. Uh, supposedly NASCAR is going on this week. I know a lot of Champions League matches have been uh, uh, delayed or suspended, and the Premier League was going to play this weekend, and now the Arsenal manager has come down with the virus. And uh, so Arsenal versus Brighton is not going to be happening, um, and the league, the Premier League are meeting on the weekend to discuss what the potential path forward is. So most likely Premier League's done. Serie A, the Italian League's done. I know there's plenty of leagues. <laughs> yeah, well, their entire country is quarantined. Yes, yes. So, yeah. so um, they're essentially the biggest thing is a lot of sports are kind of suspending their season. The biggest thing for the NHL, I think, was the fact that uh, the Jazz player came down with the virus because that kind of stops. That puts a halter on the ability to even play a closed-door game because if the locker room had been contaminated, which a locker room granted no NHL team in Utah, but the teams that they were playing throughout the time and the teams that they were potentially visiting uh, could have NHL teams. And so uh, that's the reason why you want to keep people away from that as much as possible and just potentially stop it from spreading as much as you can. Yeah, absolutely. With the NBA and NHL sharing so many arenas, it was just a matter of time. So I, again, just want to reiterate that this was the right thing to do not just from their for their own perspective, but just from a moral societal perspective. If you're not shutting down large events in a highly contagious outbreak, you're essentially contributing to the problem. And so, I fully support it. Um, it is a it is a bit sad to see what was shaping up to be a good playoff race here put on pause and a good playoffs. But we will get a chance to talk about that. So spinning oh, this forward now, go ahead. Real quick, I do want to shout out or say thoughts are out there for anyone that uh, works in the game day staff, works in the arena, anything like that, who are not specifically uh, employees of the Ducks or players or anything like that that are directly affected by this. Because Well, the, and just anyone whose job is affected by true. this. Like, Luckily for myself, I'm working from home now. I have the ability to do that. My job is completely unaffected by this, but people who uh, are working in a situation where they have to be at the job that work on a site, uh, really anyone out there that's being affected by this or has family affected, uh, just wishing everybody the best, follow the proper procedures, stay safe, stay home if you can, and We'll get through this in a short order, hopefully, in a few months. Yep, and uh, one of the people that I do want to give a shout-out to is Varluna. Jennifer, who's been one of our biggest supporters as we've been doing this uh, on Twitch, on Patreon, who is a Disneyland employee, a cast member there. And so with Disneyland being closed, uh, she is now going to uh, have to take a bit of a step back. But I think the good news with Disneyland is they were still going to be uh, paying cast members is something that I've heard. But shout-out to you, Jennifer. Yeah, absolutely. And again, our, our thoughts are out there with everyone. Um, I'm super lucky that where I work got ahead of it, got out ahead of it and that I'm in a pretty, I'm in a pretty privileged position and I'm not gonna, not gonna run from that. I'm, I'm feeling pretty lucky today that I can just stay home and keep my head a little bit out of all of it. So spinning this forward though, um, what does this mean for the NHL moving forward? So um, there's a couple different things out there. Um, obviously there's no strict, uh, plan of action for what the league is going to do. This is kind of unprecedented territory. We also have no idea how long the virus is going to take. Like I said, um, there are certain leagues that like MLS that have suspended their season for a strict amount of time that could potentially become more, but with 30 days, MLB also going for two weeks for, 
their opening day. So uh, let's just say if it is that one month scenario, I think there is a chance that maybe they try to play out the rest of the regular season. And the reason I say this is hockey is a sport that doesn't have the massive TV deals that uh, a sport like basketball has where you can um, rely upon that TV money and not the revenue gate. Hockey is a sport that really relies upon the revenue coming into the arenas to really set up your hockey-related revenue. Um, So it's not just the owners getting that money. It's also the players getting that money. So I I think if that one-month period becomes true, potentially you see them try to play out the rest of the regular season in a condensed schedule. And then Mm -hmm. the playoffs after that, they've asked arenas for availability up until July. So you would think the Stanley cup playoffs usually end what early June typically. Mm -hmm. So if you just tack on a month that would go till July, which is kind of what they're predicting. Now there's also the situation where they could just say, screw it. We want the playoffs, which James Myrtle in his uh, most recent article said they could potentially do, or he's hearing they would do um, in one month. uh, One month's time is around the time that the playoffs would begin regardless So the season is just over and you jump into the playoffs and the teams that make it are based upon points percentage. So um, essentially you're not tacking on any more regular season games, but you're still getting the playoff revenue um, in. There's also the potential of it lasting even longer and going further on. And um, maybe the, the season is just canceled as a whole and there is no Stanley Cup awarded. And this would be the first time, I believe, let me double check that date. But it would be the first time since uh, 19, I'm looking for it right now, Um, early in the 1900s, uh, uh, 1919 um, was the first time it was due to the uh, Spanish flu. The only other time um, that the cup wasn't awarded um, was in the 04-05 lockout. So this would only be the second time when a regular season was played that the cup was not awarded. So... um, I'll be really curious. I think the biggest impact of this, yes, people want to watch hockey. Yes, it can be a distraction for everyone out there in this tough time. But I think the biggest impact that you'll see from this situation is kind of what um, what I talked about with the money and the fact that hockey-related revenue is a big issue. And we've seen a, a full-season lockout because of it. We've seen a half-season lockout because of the a CBA negotiation with the players wanting to get more of that hockey-related revenue. So I think my personal opinion on this is I think they're going to try everything they can to try to play the rest of those regular season games and fit in the playoffs also and do it in a condensed schedule. That's my personal opinion on this and could be completely wrong. And one of the things that makes me kind of question that opinion of myself is there is something that Pierre Lebrun brought up in the CBA. And so for those of you out there that don't know, the hockey-related revenue that I'm bringing up kind of affects the salary cap for the next year and how high or how low it will go. And so that they were actually projecting a pretty nice raise in the salary cap uh, for next year. And if you're losing all the playoff revenue, that's going to cause a big drop in that. But there is actually something in the CBA that allows for the NHL and Players Association to basically throw out the hockey related revenue and agreed an artificial cap figure in the case of an emergency like this. So that may give credence to the idea that they may just cancel the season and start the playoffs right away or just cancel all of it together. So there's a whole lot up in the air. Crazy Mexicano asks, do you guys think it will go that far? 
I honestly have no clue. I don't think anyone has the answers. I don't think the NH no one has the no. answers because no one knows how long this will last. No. We're we're in totally uncharted waters and for the NHL they're putting on a really brave face and saying you know that they have kind of these timelines of when they're going to reevaluate, but realistically this is going to get exponentially worse by the week. Yeah. And so well there my own thought on this, my own opinion and we'll get yours, Jake, here in a second, yeah. is that I think that they're going to play later into the summer and they're going to go straight into the playoffs. There's not going to be time to do a regular season. And to be quite honest, as someone who's not a fan of those wild card hunting teams, I don't really care to see it. I know that that would be absolutely uh, disappointing for those fans. Maybe they can work out some kind of wild card game, some kind of play-in little mini tournament where instead of doing a 10 game regular season, you just do a little play in for those because really this is about four to six teams um, and everyone else is fairly set in stone. And then you go right into the playoffs, but that's that's all the projections for this virus have it getting far worse. And so I don't see how in 30 days we're just going to be able to start sending athletes out traveling city to city again. Because there's going to be so many restrictions placed by states. We're seeing California placing bans. We're seeing cities placing bans, counties placing bans. And the NHL is not bigger than the government. And so at the end of the day, they're not going to be able to just overrule that by because they want to play and they want to get their money. So I think that they're going to be dealt a pretty hard hand here yeah, when, it, uh, when they reevaluate. It's completely possible. And that my opinion was basically based on that revenue. Um but you're right. There's there's a whole lot at play here that we just really don't have a, a whole lot of insight to. I do want to bring this up. I have an interesting thought on this that I'm curious for your take on this. Trying to bring it back to hockey and kind of lighten up the situation a little bit. So let's say the, the scenario plays out where uh, a month or two goes by. Let's just go with a month. And they say, all right, the playoffs are starting now. It's just the team's points percentage-wise that make the playoffs. Yeah. I'm starting to think that it may be beneficial. Let's say, granted, everyone can remain healthy. No one gets sick on those playoff teams. They get a month or a week to prepare for the playoff series to get themselves back into game shape, get practices going, everything like that, get back in the swing of things. I think we may get one of the best playoffs yeah. that we've ever had because you will have rested players going into those playoffs. Maybe the fr- I think the first round will be absolutely insane because you have oh, yeah. rusty teams and guys that are rested on top of that. But I think that we'll because the issue with the playoffs a lot of times is come the cup final, the hockey's not great because guys are hurt. Guys are tired. Yeah. They've gone through an entire grind of a season. I think that this may actually cause a really great cup final um, because you'll have two teams that were able to rest guys for a month going into the playoffs. As a fan of the sport and the league, I want to see a Stanley Cup awarded this season. That's all that I really care about. Um, so whether or not the New York Rangers or Florida Panthers secure the last wild card spot in the East to get fed to the slaughter of the Boston Bruins is not something that I'm particularly concerned by I mean just look at the picture in the Atlantic Division Tampa Bay and Boston have those top two spots locked up that is not changing uh in the Metro Washington and Philly 
they're it's a little closer. So there's a one point spread, ninety and eighty nine between Philly and Washington. And then you have Pittsburgh that's four points back of Washington. And then after that, Carolina's five points back of Pittsburgh. So that picture, if we were to play out the rest of the regular season, it seems pretty set. Five points is a lot to overcome for the Hurricanes to get into that divisional uh, bracket. And then in the in the West, you have St. Louis with 94 points, Colorado with 92 points, the Central. So they're, they're both at least 10 points ahead of Dallas in third place. So again, you've got two spots that are essentially locked in. Now, of course... The difference between one and two in this format does make a pretty big difference, but still, we yeah. know those teams are in. In the Pacific, well, it's the Pacific. It's it's the minor it's the minor league division of the league. So you've got Vegas leading with eighty six points, um, but then after that, I mean, you've got Edmonton and Calgary with eighty three and seventy nine, and the closest Pacific team after that is Vancouver so, with seventy eight. So really only one other team from the Pacific could jump in there. By points so by points percentage, here's the playoffs. Uh this is per Pro Hockey Rumors did this calculation. Um so in the Atlantic division you'd have Boston, Tampa, Toronto. In the Metro you'd have Washington, Philly, Pittsburgh. The wild cards would be wild card one Carolina. Wild card two would be the Islanders. So you would get Carolina Washington uh, in the first round, New York Islanders versus Boston, Tampa, Toronto, Philly, Pittsburgh. And then yeah. in the central, you'd get St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas in the Pacific, Vegas, Edmonton, uh, Vancouver. And then the first wild card is Nashville. Second wild card is Calgary. So you so so only two. So one team in each conference is getting swapped out, basically. Yeah. So, so you, you have Columbus it, in the east and you've got Winnipeg it, in the west. It's very, very tight in the West. And that may be the only gripe that teams might have is, uh, oh, they're going to be angry. Oh, they're going to not because for those, because for those teams, especially it's so a Vancouver or a Columbus making the playoffs is hugely important. So here's the points percentages for, for anyone out there. So Nashville's at five sixty five, Vancouver's at five sixty five, Calgary's at five sixty four, Winnipeg's at five sixty three. God, just all these mediocre teams. They're so <laughs> mediocre. But they're so mediocre, but they are they are part of the league and yeah, they got to get a fair maybe, shake. To me, point, points percentage is good because it cuts through the games played issue. Maybe, yeah, maybe what they do is they look at doing, I mean, the real way that I you, would love a wild card you do, game of You some do sort. a wild card playing game, a one game playoff between those the four teams in the wild card situation. Yeah. So it gets have a have a bracket between Winnipeg, Nashville, Vancouver, Minnesota. Well, and and, just, and and it gets uh, let me see, it gets Florida and Columbus in also, and that would be fun as hell to watch. Yeah, so maybe I would I, I would absolutely watch a wild card little mini tournament. Yeah, it would be so much fun. Um, the other, I mean, would you rather that or play out the rest of the regular season in a compressed schedule? Yeah. Well, the other thing is, um, if they did do this, then the the tank off is set. The the odds yeah. are set. The Ducks would end with the fifth wor- or fifth best odds. Um, yeah. So based upon points percentage, they had sixty seven points, and so their points percentage was nine forty four. L A nine fourteen. The real interesting thing: Ottawa will have potentially two top three picks. Yeah. Well, we've known that for a while. We didn't know that they would have two top three picks. Well, we still don't know that. We know that they have good odds for it. They have they have the best odds to get number one overall. Yeah. So yeah, Ottawa, Ottawa had a good season organizationally. Yeah, 
Very much so. So, okay, we're going to jump into our first break here. Um, On the other side of that, we're actually going to talk about the Ducks. So we will be right back. Okay, back from our first break. Whew, that was a lot. Yeah. This is probably, this is the craziest times that I've been through. These are the craziest times I've been this through is something, as a hockey fan. This is something you'll tell your grandkids about. This this defies the lockout because the lockout is just people, rich people arguing over a, the, the pie. This is, there are no sports on TV. Yeah, yeah, it's really you, weird. Wait, do you know what's going to be on TV tomorrow though? Uh, well, I know wrestling is still doing uh, empty. They're doing empty stadiums, which is going to be the weirdest thing of all time. Because and out of U- UFC is also doing empty stadiums. See, UFC uh, doing empty stadiums fine as long as they're tested and fine. Wrestling doing it is weird because yeah, part of crowd. part of wrestling is the crowd. So yeah, WWE has moved uh, SmackDown to their performance center with a very limited crowd. AEW is moving. Um, their next show because their next show is supposed to be in new york which canceled stuff they're moving that to uh moving that down to florida because the owners own the jaguars and there's a little amphitheater with a very small limited crowd um we'll we'll see how long that continues because i would imagine that travel restrictions are going to start kicking in too i'm curious how wrestle if wrestlemania is going to go on supposedly it is but we'll see april 4th i think is the date for it at the raymond james stadium in tampa where the buccaneers play yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Ducks. All here. right. Fair. So, since we recorded, the Ducks have played in six games, and it's been a bit of a helter skelter type pace. They've they've played a three and four. They've played some really good teams, some really bad teams, aka the Senators, and they haven't really had any consistently good performances outside of maybe the Leafs game that they played on the sixth, the game against the Avalanche, which feels like an eon ago now. Um, where they won in overtime, where Ricard Raquel snapped his goalless streak, to me was their best game just in terms of watchability. <laughs> because Wait, it was a really exciting game. So you're not telling me that a Nick Deloria first period hat trick was the most watchable thing in the during the past week? Gonna go with no. Okay. Gonna go. Gonna go with no. Um, but so since the season is paused, we're gonna use the NHL's terminology, although my opinion is more canceled. Um. Let's uh let's look back on this season that was because for all intents and purposes the duck season is over. When the NHL comes back, if and when it comes back, the Ducks are not going to be playing any type of consequential role in the pecking order. No. So if anything it's just going to be what we've seen if they do play out the stretch that mm-hmm. it's going for positioning for draft picks. Yeah. So let's just kind of not recap the past games but just look over the last 10 days here. Just talk about maybe some trends that you've seen that have come up or things that you've noticed, good or bad, and let's hash those out a little bit, and then we can move on to some bigger picture season-wide topics. One of the interesting things that I've noticed, and I'm going to give this guy credit, uh, is that I think David Backus has actually been decently decent for the Ducks. Wow. This, folks, this this is a moment in history. What, what? You were the biggest, and I mean the biggest opponent of that trade oh i i still think the trade isn't great i know but it's just funny to even hear you say anything remotely opinions can change i've i'm they can i've always i've been open to change my opinions have changed david backus though it's interesting 
when you've removed the shackles of Derek Grant from that line. <laughs> Wait, so hold on a second. I just want to stop you there, though. By what metric has he been good? Um, so th- I think before the Ottawa game was when I looked at it. Because uh, he's got a he's sitting on a on a hot and spicy forty percent Corsi four percentage over the last six games, 41, right? Yeah, and a forty one percent expected goals four percentage. Give me one sec to look up. What- I mean, it, it's an insanely small sample of fifty minutes. Yeah, but I want just 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 my own observations while you do your little searching. Yeah, um, I think David Backus has been fine as a fourth liner. The numbers that he's actually posted, although I am um, criticizing them a little bit, are actually an improvement over Derek Grant. Yep, and he's looked serviceable out there. Not really a huge detriment to the team. He is extremely physical. He's constantly looking to hit guys, which I think is something that the Ducks valued. Um, he has gotten a goal now as a Duck, so. Overall, I think that what we're learning is that the Ducks probably see him as their fourth-line center for next season. I think that that All right. is what they're looking for here. So I've got some numbers for you. So it's gone down. I think the Ottawa game really killed it because it was much better before that game, which shows okay. you sample size. Um, Derek Grant. So Deloria Rowney Grant as a line had a 43% Corsi 4 percentage. 47% goals for percentage, 41% expected goals for percentage. Yeah. So for those who don't know what that means, basically when they were out there, the Ducks were getting massively outshot attempted, um, getting the worst of the scoring chances. And so not good. And also the worst of the goals. Like let, Yeah. Let, and just simply goals for percentage, they were also getting yeah, outscored. Five so on five. essentially, when you think about what you want from a fourth line, you just don't want to get beat on yeah. the scoreboard when they're out there, and they were not meeting any of those yep. criteria. So with David Backus, Nick, that line of Backus, Deloria, Rowney, 45% Corsi 4 percentage, so slight improvement, yeah. small sample. That's a considerable fi- 52 spike, yeah. minutes versus 282, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Goals 4 percentage, 66%. Yeah. Expected so, goals 4 percentage, though, 53%. There you go. Bob Murray, genius level. Yeah. Genius level 4D chess. Having said that, David Backus is not worth the $4 million that they're paying him now. No. They got, they should have potentially, I'm still going to go take that for a long time, is that they should have gotten more back for taking on that contract. But regardless, looking at the pure impact of the player on the ice for the Ducks removing the contract, it's been solid and it's been an improvement on what Derek Grant did for them now you could make the argument that's exactly the opposite of what the ducks could use right now but regardless it's been solid and i think that yeah, that's the... and, I, and I, i'm not even really sure i agree with that anymore okay that, you know th- that they should have that this is a bad use of a roster spot just because who are they going to put on at fourth line center that's London's not true. a veteran oh yeah fair but is that you know it's 10 minutes a night of i mean i know that this is a kind of tired argument but i think Lundestrom probably benefits more for what he needs specifically yeah. as a guy who needs more responsibility to play in San Diego. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see if he's on the Ducks well, because of their conundrum anyway. I think, a few years. I think David Backus uh, may be the reason. Well, he before this was probably the reason why, but I don't think the Ducks bring back Derek Grant. As much as uh, there was that uh, hot stove, there's also that yes. from the weekend that we, can, we should get into at some point, some of the quotes from there. But um, yeah. there, there was that that... Bob Murray would like to bring back Derek Grant if he can. I don't know if you should or if there's space. I think that's just lip service. It's possible. It's possible. 
because of course he may actually believe that and think that, but that doesn't mean he's actually going to do it. Yep. Or even try to. Um, By the way, yeah. Bionic Chris said that the Bacchus uh, take was one of my takes. It was a Jake take. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I guess because this is such an the circumstances are so uh, extenuating here, we're kind of going a little off script from that. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll be back to that structure when the podcasts get a little more normal. But <laughs> who knows when that this is. is? This is the yeah. I mean, knock on wood that <laughs> it'll be sooner rather than later. I mean, to me, this is something that I've talked about a bunch of times, but the trend that is still holding even after uh, these games where the Ducks have been outplayed is that Christian Juice. Christian Juice is just good. Yeah. Juice is good. He's got a... He, so, before I get into the stats, just watching him play, he's clearly a competent puck-moving defenseman, which is... Which, for those who have listened to our podcast over the last two years, when we're talking about a Ducks third pairing, competent is not a word that we've used very often to describe any player that's been on the third pairing. So just to have a competent player in any respect, let alone puck moving, which is extremely important, is a huge, huge upgrade for the Ducks. So Christian Juice has shown that he's very good at moving the puck, really good vision, not the fastest skater, but he is mobile. And then in the offensive zone, he's actually shown some some playmaking ability. Um, he's already gotten his first goal as a Duck. He's got some nice assists. And then looking at the stats, just the underlying stuff, when he's out there on the, on the ice, the Ducks control 55% of the expected goals percentage. So that that is pretty impressive that on a team that is getting kicked in on a lot of nights because they're so undermanned, that the, that the Ducks are managing to even, to, to, to even be that positive with him out there. Of course, that's not all him, but I think that it's not surprising to me that they're doing well with a guy who can move well, the puck and- like that. It's interesting. You, uh, the person who he's played the most minutes with, Yanni Hockenpah. Yeah. So, and Yanni Hockenpah, who we should also mention in the makeup game last night against St. Louis, got his first goal in the NHL, not just on against the, Ducks, the so. team. I believe he was drafted by the Blues. If not, he uh, yes, he was drafted by the Blues. So, I mean, the the Hockenpah thing, I'm a bit more wait and see. <laughs> yeah, he, he has he has been he has been decent though he in recent games. And so you kind of just mash that all together. And I know that you weren't the highest on Bob Murray's tread deadline. And I think that there's definitely good reasons for that. But in terms of what he actually did, I think you can already pretty clearly see that the Ducks are just a little better on the margins. Yeah. Right. I, those, those little areas were, that were kind of holding them back. Yeah. So fourth line, third third pairing, yeah. those kind of things are better. I'd I make say. the argument that, I and I think at the time I said like yeah he he moved pieces and did a little bit of shuffling a little bit of tinkering, those are the types of things that you do when you're yeah. contending and not when you're in a rebuild though. And I think that was my biggest issue with these types of deals. Um, the juice well, tra- here, he, the sorry, the ahead. juice trade has been much better than I expected. Um, fully will well, admit that. If he continues to if they actually play him next season, right? Well, if this isn't a sprung thing all over again where he's only playing because of injuries. Um, well, then I think you can really be confident. In and the, deal. the other thing I do want to say, and I think that this is important and not trying to be a complete buzzkill here, but trying to somewhat temper expectations a little bit. But mm-hmm. we were saying the same thing about Brendan Gooley last year. We were, although I would, what I would say to that though, is that I don't think Brendan Gooley ever was this impressive 
on on different markers. So he was pretty impressive with his stats with Fowler last year and the numbers that he was putting up the underlying numbers okay, that we were seeing. Well, that's fair, but he's also playing with Cam Fowler, who it fair. turns out is actually really, really good, and we've been probably underestimating for a little while. True. Whereas Juice is doing this with Yanni Hockenpah. <laughs> that is a fair point. On a Ducks team that is completely revamped with fair. no outside of Josh Manson, no NHL caliber uh, completely defenseman. Fair. So I just think that what he's doing, although it is impressive, and Gooley was also impressive, the circumstances that Juice is playing under make his results more impressive. Um, but yeah, so those are the things that have stood out to me. Outside of that, I think Danton Heinen has looked a little better. Um, he's shown some playmaking chops, which we just didn't really see out of um, uh, out of Nick Ritchie. <laughs> Nick Ritchie not really known for playmaking. Any other takeaways that you have? Just in the last little stretch here of the season. Um. Hmm. What's another take that I have? Uh, another Jake take. Ricard, Let's keep that alive. Th- this is not a great. I mean, this is not a hot one at all. But Ricard Raquel and Jacob Silverberg play really well together, and they should have been playing with each other for most of the season. Yeah. Well, I am very curious what this team will look like next season yeah. because I hate to say this because it feels so. I know it's anti what we've said for a long time. But, you know, if Trevor Zegras comes up, the kids are a little better. Now that the fringes are a little are a little uh, kind of rounded out now with the third pairing, fourth line, John Gibson is a bounce back season. Ooh. Are, are the Ducks better than some of those current teams that, you know, are Maybe. sitting outside of the wild um, card? Eh, I mean, this is the trap we fell into last we, year. But we definitely did because we, we, yeah. we talked ourselves into the Ducks I, being I, playoff I, team. I think the big, the big problem for the Ducks moving forward and – we're going to get a many more chance to talk about this, but it's that they still they're without a true first line center uh, because Getzloff just isn't that anymore. They're right? they're and really think, relying upon Trevor Zegras to step in and take that spot. Well, if Zegras can come in, and I love how we're just doing a 2020, 2020 2021 pre Wilson, but if Zegras can come in and be half of what you know we hope he'll be, and then you have Sam Steele taking a step forward, who probably should in the age range that he's in. Um, maybe Lundestrom comes up. You still have Adam Henrique who's in there, who, who knows where he fits by the time. Is he a goner? Around, but is he, is he trade bait come summer? I mean, look at the season. We've, we've talked well, about it, this a bit the, about the, the season. The issue, that he's had. the issue with Henrique is that you have Isaac Lundestrom there. So if Seagrass comes up, your centers are Getzlaff, Steele, Seagrass, Henrique, Bacchus. So you're already at five centers. And then you've got Lindstrom, who at some point is going to have to play in the NHL. Um, so, yeah, someone is going to be left out of that shuffle. It, it only makes sense. Um, okay, but let's uh, let's save that for another day. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about here. So, before, so we're kind of coming up here oh, on the second break. I do want to ask ahead. you, we got mm-hmm. this is something we can talk about for the next couple minutes or so. Go Ducks 10 asked, um, Sherwood has not been very, or not asked, but just said, Sherwood has not, has not been very impactful lately. So oh, I'm going to, what are Jake your thoughts? Just, Jake is all over this. What one. are Why your don't you thoughts? Just go for it. Why don't you just go for what it? Are you, no, I want your thoughts. Hit me with it. Hit me with it. Uh, I don't know. I think that the most problematic thing with Sherwood hasn't really been too much of his play on the ice because, you know, it's, it's a small sample. If he's playing poorly, I'm, I'm not saying I'm willing to just let that totally go under the radar, but I'm, I'm willing to give him more of a shot because he hasn't really gotten one. To me, the weird thing has been the penalty trouble because he, his 
his penalty rate has gone up. He's taken really bad penalties at really inopportune times. You think back to that Colorado game. Could that just be dumb luck and that will correct itself over time? Maybe. Hopefully, if you're the Ducks. But that is kind of a weird one. I don't know. I don't really have too much to take away from it um, just because I I have seen him be much better and I am willing to give him a bit more of a bit more of a leash there. That's fair. I I have not been really impressed with him at all. I mean, that's fine. Neither have I. I, I, put, I think the, the best way to put what I've seen from him kind of in this for or into this format is he, he's I, not wearing he's not wearing 61 on his back is the issue i mean sure that that's part of it potentially no uh potentially <laughs> i like that i like that um no i i think the the biggest thing for him is he's working hard i actually was talking with uh bonnie about this the other day i, I think mm-hmm. he's definitely working hard but i don't think that's always working smart if that makes sense as in yeah. skating and looking like you're skating hard and going all out. Well, yes, it's doing on the four check, but it's not always putting yourself into good positions. And so I, I think that's the thing for him that has been the the issue this season so far with the Ducks is I don't think anyone can doubt his work ethic or how hard he's working, but I don't think he's necessarily in the best positions. And I think that's where he's suffered. Yeah. Well, I, I think he's in a bit of a precarious spot just because he didn't get an opportunity until late in the season. Yeah, that's true. And now it's like, okay, well, I got to make up for lost time here and I've got to go all out. And potentially that can affect a player's mentality, just their approach to the game. The stats are pretty jarring, though. Um, In 10 games this season, he's got a 41% uh, on ice shot attempt share and a 34% expected goals for percentage. So, yikes, those are bad numbers. But again, it's a tiny sample. We've seen him be better in the past. And I just kind of hope for him that he gets another shot next year. We'll we'll, we'll have to see what that looks yep. like. Um, I did. Okay, let's go ahead. Oh, I was going to say this also um, before we get into some questions and go into our break. But so now that the NCAA hockey season is completely over, uh, here's your scoring update. You want to you want to hear this, Felix? Let's go into our second break. So we will be right back. Okay, back from the second break. So, NCAA score updates or whatever you're going to do. Freshman scoring is what I'm looking at. So, true freshman scoring. uh, First in the country is Alex Newhook with 42 points in 34 games. Second, Mm -hmm. Trevor Zegras, 35 points in 32 games. Third on the list, Cole Caulfield, 36 points in 36 games. So there you have it, the top three. Yeah, that that is going to be interesting because now they're they're all going to come out of. College. Well, that's the thing of note is that um, Alex Turcott had already, I guess, essentially signed. Uh, it had been confirmed, I believe, by someone in Wisconsin that he was leaving and was going to yeah. be joining the Ontario Reign this weekend. So yeah, and now that's not happening. That's not happening. That's a bummer. But, I mean, you would assume that the age, if the NHL playoffs go on, the AHL playoffs will probably also restart and happen. So there's potential that Trevor Zegras could be playing on the goals uh, in the playoffs, which could be beneficial for him with the fact that his season is now ended early, um, ended before the the conference championship tournament um, yeah. and potentially NCAA tournament. So there, he may be more driven to come out of college to join the goals now because of the fact that he could get a playoff run out of it. Well, and also just, you know, looking at the AHL playoffs, if and when they come back, 
those are going to be some really fun playoffs because you're going to have that influx of, of college guys um, who are going to bolster some of those lineups. And so the, the Ducks, or sorry, the goals lineup in the playoffs could be really interesting because they're going to stock it up with all their young guys and you're going to potentially add Zgrass into the mix. So that could be a playoff run for the ages. Of course, I don't, are they, they're holding down a, a, a position now, but I don't think it's a, it's not a guarantee they're in. Yeah. I, I haven't actually checked, but I believe they have a pretty solid spot. Also Troy Terry, by okay. the way, with the goals, four points, uh, last night's game. There you go. There you go. Troy Terry. Um, Lewis. Also, I, I just want to point out that Alex Newhook was drafted 16th overall by the Avalanche last summer. Yeah. And he's he's the highest scoring freshman. I like, I am curious. What is, it, what is it with the Avalanche? I am just curious if part of it is teammates and the team that he's. Oh, God. No, no. But all that right. is a relevant point um, in all of this. Mm-hmm. In the fact that you look at the team and Boston College is in. Uh, yeah, is kind of a juggernaut this year, and BU is yeah. kind of a middle of the pack team. Yeah, so Zgrass is just—I mean, I'm not saying he's better than Zgrass. Just I'm not just putting. That I'm out just there. adding that that could be potentially I, part I, of it. I, I raised your alarm bells a little bit. Um, a little well, bit. So bef- before we get into questions, though, I did want to take a look back at the season because go for it. The season is essentially over for the Ducks, or it is over. Let's just do two little superlatives here. So what was the most surprising thing to you from the Anaheim Ducks this year, from this season? Um, let's go with a good surprising and a bad surprising. Well, so we're going to do the, the little well, surprise meaning good, and then we'll do the biggest disappointment. Okay. Um, yeah. Surprise being good is how good of a season Bo- or Cam Fowler had. I think Fowler yeah. is the biggest surprise. He's always been great for the Ducks, but... You look at what he did with and how he elevated his teammates and his line mates. It is, it's pretty pretty impressive what he was able to do this year. And I think that, in my personal opinion, he is the duck that had the best season this year. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I was gonna pick Cam Fowler as well, <laughs> but I will go. I will take a different tact. So. To me, the, the thing that was the biggest surprise from a positive perspective, Troy Terry didn't have at all the season I think that anyone would have hoped just from a pure scoring perspective, but he turned into a pretty decent player at five on five. And maybe this is gonna in, this is indicating that eventually maybe his role is gonna be more of a two way guy who can chip in offensively, maybe be a power play specialist. But regardless, I do think that we saw signs of progress from Troy Terry that we that we hadn't really seen before and so i i would have him up there as my positive surprise of the season hey i'll take it i I beat you to it i'll take it (laughs) i'll take it i'll take it i mean Uh, you didn't beat me to it because i went first so that's true i just didn't Um, pick it do you have another positive surprise maybe we should pile those up a little bit um let's Ooh, what's another positive I mean, to be fair, it hasn't been a great no, season it, for the Ducks. It, it has and Derek not. Grant is now gone, so um, we don't have that card to play. Let's go with... Uh, let's go with uh, Adam Henrique having a sneaky good year. And yeah, I, I think that's something... 25 goals? 20, 24 goals? 25 goals. Uh, yep. Where did his, his point totals ended up at... He's at 43 points in 71 games. So right on pace for around, I think around 50 points is where he would have ended up at the end of the year if you kind of take that. Um, so uh, 50 points for Adam Henrique is solid. Like that's exactly what, like if you look at his contract, that is exactly the 
the type of point production that you need to get proper value from that. And so yeah. that's good for the Ducks on multiple fronts. Um, it's good Trade that they're, they're getting good value out of the player. It's also good because it also could set them up to trade him by uh, for someone looking at him and not being scared away from that contract because he's putting up the points necessary for that uh, that cap hit. Now, granted, mm-hmm. he is thirty, but still. Yeah, I mean, he could he could definitely help a contender. Yes, it's just most contenders probably don't have the room to bring in a guy like that in terms of cap space. So, uh, another positive surprise for me. Um, I think just the fact that some of Hampus Lindholm's numbers were still relatively solid, despite the really weird season that he had, um, that got ended prematurely with his, uh, injury. I do think that he still is part of the solution for the ducks long-term. He had to deal with a partner in Josh Manson who kind of just fell off a cliff. Almost. It seemed at times he did, I think rally a little bit towards the end, but, the fact that Hampus Lindholm still managed to be above break even in shot attempts, um, despite some of that, d- is a testament that he is still a very solid and very capable uh, first pairing defenseman. And you know we'll see if that ends up holding true after this injury, depending what the Ducks blue line looks like next year. But I do think that he was still a constant for that team that really didn't get talked about. Um, he's got the kind of game that just doesn't really flash, but he is still. Again, part of the solution for the Ducks moving forward. Yep. All right. Okay. Disappointment time. Oh, well, okay. Why don't you go first? Take this one. All right. Should I take the... Which one do I want to take? There's different ways to go here. There are. I'm going to go with one that I I think is obvious, and I don't think he's the problem with the team, but I think if you were to look at why the results are bad and compare some people would wonder why the results are this bad this year when you compare it to last year. I, I think it's the fact that John Gibson, if the expectation for him was to have a Vezina-type season, it is a disappointment how he uh, performed this year. Yeah, which is kind of unfair to him in a way because... Look at the uh, team in front of him. And also just you shouldn't expect a guy. Yep. You sh- that shouldn't be where the... But to John Gibson's credit, he has been so insanely good the last three years that you almost can't help but expect that. Yeah. Um, he's been statistically the best goaltender in the NHL for the last few years now. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, that's not the one I was going to pick just because I figured you might take it. But, yeah, I think a lot of the how this season has gone for the Ducks can be traced back to, in terms of results, in terms of the standings. Yes. Can be traced back to the fact that John Gibson – hasn't been the magic eraser to just erase all problems and to erase uh, all of their defensive miscues, yep. all of their growing pains. That's what he could have been for this team this year. He wasn't that, and ultimately I, I don't hold that against him. Agreed. And I do think that you should, if if you're a, you should still be holding on to your John Gibson stock. I don't think it's time to just think, okay, the injuries, the workload have caught up to John Gibson, and now we're going to see this precipitous decline goalies really good goalies have bad seasons it happens let's see what he looks like next season before starting to get really worried yeah also i I should mention that statistically uh him and frederick anderson were just as bad from a goal saved above expected perspective yeah oh real quick before we get into yours i want to give a shout out to zo six who subscribed to Twitch Prime for the second straight thank month, you. and Bionic Chris, who subscribed uh, at Tier 1 for six months. So thank you so much. Thank you. 
Yes. Um, so, mine is Dallas Aikens. Sorry, Jake. Um, but we were sold the bag of goods last summer. that, And I think that there was also a lot of hype around Dallas Aikens. How could there not be, given that the Ducks, A, had Randy Carlisle as their coach to start last season and then didn't have an actual NHL head coach to end the season. They had their GM, who had no coaching experience behind the bench. Dallas Aikens was a really popular coach in San Diego, had had some success there, was you know billed as a guy who was really good with developing younger players and was going to bring this maybe more exciting style. And I just feel like none of those things materialized. Let's just look at the facts. The Ducks were not a tire fire this year at five on five, which I guess is an improvement over last yep. year, but they still weren't very good. They were still bottom tier. And if you look at the development of the young players, which was, I think another one of his calling cards, because one of the selling points was, Hey, he has familiarity with these guys. He's going to be able to get his message through to them quicker. Well, regardless of if the message got through, it didn't seem to result in these super positive outcomes. Sam Steele, had decent moments this season, but wasn't really a standout. And statistically, you know, not an impressive resume. Um, Brendan Gooley, to me, took a step back this season. Um, Jacob Larson had a horrendous season. And maybe part of that is playing with Corbin and Holzer. Who knows? Um, Max Contois, after looking pretty good under Randy Carlisle last year, maybe that some of that was just driven by some shooting luck. But he took a step back and had to be sent down to the AHL. Uh, Max Jones looked okay, but I wouldn't call this season this huge step forward for him. Then you look at the power play for the Ducks. I thought that it was it was impressively bad for very long stretches. Um, and then just overall, I didn't find their style of play really that more, much more advanced, that much more exciting than what they had before. So... Yeah, my disappointment is da- Dallas Aikens. Um, I think this is not this. This is not to say that he is never going to be a good coach. That he can never get through the, to the younger players. There's only so much you can do as a coach. I'm not. I'm not writing him off. But empirically, the early returns have not been good. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I will say that I think we have seen at points in time the type of game that we thought he would bring. But it has, yeah. It, but it's washed out pretty. Yeah, pretty. Severely. I would agree with that. I think that I'm not saying he gets a pass for year one because I don't think that's the case. I think that this needs to be evaluated in the grand scheme of things. But I think that he should be given at least one more year, obviously, as the head coach sure. of the Ducks to see what he truly is. And I think one season. I think he's got a two-year contract. Yeah, right? but I think that before I think the real kind of judgment of how he is as a coach, it would be next season after he's had one full year with the team and then has an off season to make adjustments. And I think that we'll see next season. Um, I'm, I think by the end of next season, have a good idea of how he is yeah. as a coach. I mean, you just look at the numbers. The ducks were 26th and shot a 10% mm-hmm. and 28th. And exp- I mean, these are the numbers yep. that people admonished Carl yep. for. I, so, I agree. And I, I yeah. am completely agreeing that it has not been good enough this year. Yeah. But I am still, I am still willing definitely to see another season of it to now kind of see the different things ironed out. I think he'll have a better roster next season. I think that we probably, including the Ducks, overrated or overestimated what they had on their actual roster going into this. Yeah, year. I agree. And and I think proper adjustments will be made at least to some degree. And with the bottom tier of the Western Conference kind of 
being a mixed bag, potentially the Ducks could get back into it. And especially, here's my way too early hot take. If John Gibson is back to being John Gibson next season, Dallas Aikens will win the Jack Adams Award. So you're going with the old adage of, uh, show me a good coach and I'll show you a good goalie. Well, think about it. No, there's a reason why that's a saying. Yes, because it's because there's a correlation. <laughs> look at the Ducks this year. They weren't good. No one paid attention to them. Next year, all of a sudden, be oh, look at these young, exciting Ducks well, with Trevor Zegras winning all these games. And I'm not saying it, w- it will be undeserved, but if if John Gibson gets back let, to that form or even close, I think Dallas Higgins is going to have a nod there. Does Trevor Zegras come out of college? Point blank. I I think so. Yeah, I, I think it, I think, I think so. at this point, all the the writings there. I think he play. I think if the goals play in the playoffs, I think he signs and plays with them um, for their playoff run. Because I mean, why not? He's not going to get an NCAA tournament. He's not going to get an ECAC. The only thing is, maybe he views missing out on those tournaments as a reason to go back to get one good run with Boston yeah, University. But in. I, I, I feel like today's generation is a little different. Yeah, where they just want to get to the pros, and I don't begrudge them for it. I don't know if that's actually true for everybody, of course, but. Zgress is very good, and he's dominated college hockey. He's dominated every level so far. So I just don't know. Maybe developmentally he would benefit from another year, but I think he's already good enough to make the jump. Yeah. He's already dominated that yeah. level. Yeah, and so. I think if he if he comes out, he's not going to be in the AHL. Yeah, well, we're going to have to talk about that eventually. That That's going to be the talk because if he comes out, you've got a, a log jam at center. Yeah. So I think the writing might be on the wall for an Adam Henrique trade come summer. It could, it could be, it's still to be determined, but it seems like it's in the cards. Yep. Yep. Um, want to get into some mm-hmm. questions or anything else you want to touch on? Let's do it. All right. So for those of you out there watching the YouTube video, yes, we post this on YouTube. If you want to comment on the videos, we will monitor those reply and anything like that else on there. But if you want to like, and subscribe to the channel, uh, like the videos, it really does help out a lot. And also obviously there's the recorded version of this show, but the real fun thing is our Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash AC pod, where you can interact with us live and, uh, really help support the show. If you have Amazon prime, you get one free Twitch prime sub each and every time where you can help support the show. Um, and you get special emails in the chat, special badges next to your name. Um, so, uh, does anyone out there or start throwing some questions in there, but I do want to briefly mention, um, the, we talked about the future of the podcast last time. Keep sending the names our way. Um, we've gotten them. We're compiling them and we'll put them all together and try to figure out and go from there. And if this is the off season, uh, Felix and I do not have a plan in place as of yet. For what we're going to do, we will definitely have our Patreon episodes, though, moving forward, the two a month. And in terms of regular shows, that is up in the air for uh, when we will be doing them again. And so keep an eye on our Twitter feeds uh, for that information. Um, Let's go with this, though. Um, Bonnie kind of asked, who do you think would be best suited for the power play? We've talked about the power play being an issue. What do you think or what type of... uh, lineup changes would you like to see for the power play so for next season yes so trevor zegras what's he's a lefty or is he a righty you're asking you should know this off the top of your head he's a uh he is a lefty okay so 
looking at that, I think that your ideal power play for next season is going to be Christian Juice at the top. Ryan Getzlaff down low. Christian Juice and not Cam Fowler. Interesting. Okay, well, Juice Fowler, interchangeable. I, I don't see that as the big kind okay. of component of this power play. Not Josh Mahura? No, not Josh Mahura. <laughs> uh, but maybe, sure. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I, I Again, I don't see that as a I'm high I'm trying leverage. to derail you a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, th- I'm glad you actually said it, you know, <laughs> now that it's out in the open. Um, and then I have Terry on the right circle. I have Getzlaff or Zgrass in the middle. I have Raquel on the left side, left circle. And then again, Zgrass slash Getzlaff in front of the net. Or, I mean, it's not technically in front of the net. It's more on the goal line, um, making those down low plays. That, to me, is the best that the Ducks could put out there. I think it's the most functional. Some of the names might not make the most sense because you might ask yourself, well, why not Jacob Silverberg? Or why not Sam Steele, who's shown some promise? But to me, the Ducks have looked their best when Troy Terry has been in the right circle. He just seems to yep. make he just seems to make them go because he facilitates that movement. Um I I'm still holding on to the notion that Ricard Raquel could be a threat from the left circle. It has not materialized, but he also hasn't really been in the best environment to where we could see that consistently. So put Ricard Raquel there, give him some opportunities to not even just fire one-timers, but just be a threat. And then having one of Getzloff or Zgrass in the middle and down low, you're going to have some good playmaking guys who can bump it out, make plays from down low. I just cancel the Ryan Getzlaff at the point experiment. We didn't see as much of that this season, but we did still see it fairly consistently. Just cancel that. It doesn't work. Um, I think if you've got one of the best passers in in the game and on in franchise history, it would make sense to have him closer to the net and where he can be more dangerous. So that that is to answer Bonnie's question, how I would do the power play. Yeah. Do you agree with me? Yeah, I think that that probably works out fine and would uh, make sense. Um, mm-hmm. Real quick, uh, we kind of missed this, and it's not, I don't really know anything about him, but I do want to mention it. The Ducks uh, signed a guy, oh, yeah. uh, Bryce Kindop. Um, so 21 yeah. year or 20 year old. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know, probably just an AHL signing. Don't really know a whole lot about him, but at least wanted to. Some people liked him, um, but yeah. Well, let, let's wait and see on yeah. that one. So um, let's see. Lewis X209 said, uh, biggest NHL offseason hot take. It can be anything around the league. Ooh, man. Well, it's it's really hard to think about that right now, but let's allow ourselves to imagine a little bit. My biggest hot take is that Taylor Hall re-signs in Arizona. That is actually a very big hot take. Yep. After hearing, uh, which podcast was it? Was it 31 Thoughts where they were talking about how the Coyotes do they just do everything differently from a behind the scenes perspective, how they treat their players. Um, I think that will sell Taylor Hall. Now I think he wants to win and the Coyotes have not made a case that they're capable of doing that, but Hey, there's something to be said for being treated nicely playing in a warm weather environment and on an up and coming team. So there you go. Biggest NHL off season take the Maple Leafs, the Maple Leafs move one of their core pieces. That is a hot take because just logistically that's hard. It to is do. very hard to do, but if they kind of, if they lose in the first round again, mm-hmm. which they will, 
they have not had a great season. No. I think that one of those guys might get moved. Um, Go Ducks 10 asked, if the Ducks stay put and they just end up with the number five overall pick, do they take Jamie Drysdale? Mm, maybe. It's hard to say because their their defense core is still not the not the deepest, but they also could use another impact forward. And do, if I if I were the Ducks, I would still lean forward. Yep, I would definitely lean forward. I would try to get. Uh, I feel like Stutzel may fall to there, but if Holtz Holtz fits the exact thing that uh, Bob Murray had said in that hot stove of wanting a shooter, so if Holtz is available, I'm expecting the Ducks to take him. So, um, there we go. Uh, do you think the Ducks have a good young defensive core looking in the future, such as Juice, Hockenpah, Mahara, Gooley? So, Hockenpah is not actually that young. Uh, he no, is 30. He, no, he's 27. 27. 27. 27. Not 30. You added three years there. Um, sorry. No, I, I, the thing, the issue there is I don't think any of those guys, maybe Mahara, is probably the most suited to become a difference maker. But Juice is 25. Juice is not that young either. And, and so I think that's something to remember no, there. Yeah, the, the Ducks' young defense core is still not the best. Yeah. Um, really, the only guy that I would consider remotely a blue chip is Josh Mahara. Um, Brandon Gooley, I just I don't know anymore. I do want to give a, a shout-out to a player that has been impressive throughout this year in college with the number he's put, he's put up in Henry Thrun. Uh, fourth round pick, I believe, last year of the Ducks, and been impressive, but n- yes, not exactly but a difference maker, though. Not a blue chip. Hey, he could turn out to be one, but right now, the Ducks. I think the Ducks should use their later picks on defensemen. I still think that the way to win in the league is to have impact forwards, and if you don't have those, you can have a great blue line, and it's just still really hard to to win. So that's what they should be trending towards. But yeah, I mean, Maher is really the only guy. Um, and like you said, Juice and Hawkenpa are, are a bit older. Brandon Gooley, I'm selling that stock. That's my hot take today. Selling the Gooley stock. I'm out. I mean, I'm, I'm out pretty sure Gooley. you had that take last time also. Uh, no, but now I'm fully out. <laughs> now I'm just... And back then, I, I had a foot out the door. Now I just okay. slammed the door shut. All right. I'm, I'm gone. So AnimeHolics, uh, D94, said, question, if they restart the season and the playoffs go into July, how will they go about paying players when the date when players uh, get paid is June 30th? Also, what happens to free agency in that situation? So um, I believe players actually get paid on July 1st. Um, that's when signing bonuses do get paid. That's kind of, I think, what you're referencing there. Signing bonuses are always paid on July 1. Um I think due to extenuating circumstances, it will. Yeah, the, that's going to be restructured. Yeah, that sure. that that's not an issue. That will be restructured. And also remember, players don't get paid for the pay, playoffs. So yeah. that's something to keep a part of this is that they don't get play, paid for that time. So if it is just straight playoffs, then that doesn't matter for free agency. It will it will just get moved. Um, it's I'm pretty sure we saw something similar to that when the 13 14 lockout lockout happened because once the lockout happens uh you mean 12 13 yeah sorry 12 13 uh that lockout happened there's no free agency because there can't be because the there's no uh collective bargaining agreement in place and so um free agency started late free agency started once the cba came intact and so they'll probably just push back that date um yeah i don't think those are either huge uh issues for the nhl uh 
Anime Holics also asks, as a GM of one of the teams that were buyers at the deadline, how would you feel knowing that uh, you might have traded all those assets for nothing if the season is canceled? Ooh, that's interesting. Wait, what? So if the season is canceled and there are no mm. playoffs and you were a buyer at the deadline, how would you feel that you just traded a first-round pick for nothing? I don't think the season get canceled, but I just don't know what you can do. I mean, it's frustrating, but you can't rewind time. No, you, you, you gotta you, you gotta can, do whatever you can to put your your team in a position. Yeah, position you, to succeed. you made the proper decision. So you can't yeah. these this type of situation is potentially once in a lifetime. Hopefully, so like <laughs> it, it, I don't think it's uh. Yeah, you can't you can't you can't beat yourself no, up over that. No. Um, yeah, All right, betting five 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 asks playing off that question. What would it take to move the number one pick? A lot. Lafreniere, um, Lafreniere is the the consensus number one. It ain't moving. I'll I'll just cut to yeah. the chase. And it ain't moving because why would the senators? And I love how we're we're just awarding you the are senators you the are awarding pick. the senators that. Well, okay. In all likelihood, why would the senators move off of the first pick? That's what they need. That's really any team. If we look at the teams that are in contention for the first overall pick, what team is going to move what off if of they that? Get near and Byfield. Yeah, I mean that would be insane. But look at just look at the teams. Detroit, um, they would keep it, right? Yeah. You could you could offer you could do the Godfather offer offering all of your picks. You still keep the the top pick. Ottawa, they're not going to do it. Anaheim. Let's say that they had it and they were offered. It wouldn't make sense for them to move it either. L.A., like, there is just no circumstance of a team that would make that deal. None. I I agree. Um, all right, so let's... <laughs> and, it's not, and it's not even so much about Lafreniere as it is about the fact that those teams desperately need a kind of foundational player moving yeah. forward. Bionic Chris, let's end with this question. Is 50 games too much for a starter goalie? I don't think so. I think 60 is the... the the break breaking I think point. 50, 50 is becoming the upper limit though. 50 to 55 is becoming the upper limit. Yeah. 60 is probably too much at this point. Yeah, probably. But I, I think that yeah. 50 is a little low. Cause what is that? That's a 50, 30 split. 50, 30, 50, 32. Yeah. So I, I think that that's, I, I just don't know why that would be low. If you have a good backup, why not play your starter 50 games? And then in the postseason, that's fair. Have a rested starter. That's fair. But it, like that, 50, that, 50 is weird, definitely not 50 is definitely not too much. No, it's not too much. I I think to me if you can stay between 50 to 55 you're doing it right. If you're if you're at 60 and above I mean unless your goalie is just in fantastic shape, shape which they all are, um I just don't see why that that would be a smart strategy. Yeah. And again, that's why in today's NHL I think that the backup goalie position is becoming so important because it's essentially like buying insurance on a house. You've, you've invested in that house, you're starting goalie, you've paid him the salary, but now you need some insurance to make sure that that's going to pay off over time and actually gain in value or not depreciate in value. Yep. So, uh, I mean, the ducks have, the ducks have done a relatively good job of that, even though they don't, I mean, even though Carlisle wasn't really much of a, proponent of that i think this year they've been a little better about it they've always seemed to have that aspect of it covered with a good backup mm-hmm. yep so 
I think that's probably going to do it for the night for questions, but thank you everyone that were uh, with us in the Twitch stream. This has been a fun one. Yeah, it's been a fun one. Really weird circumstances. Yeah. Um, we just hope that you enjoyed this podcast, this podcast and that um, we can be of some relief to you in these crazy times. Agreed. Um, that's, that's the goal. Um, so people were asking a little bit on Twitter today, are you guys going to keep doing the show? We are going to keep doing the show. Um, I don't know really what we're going to be talking about, but knowing us, we'll we'll find something to talk yeah. about. Yeah. So I think the the plan moving forward is probably one, keeping on the once a week schedule. Yeah, once a, once a week to me is uh, going to be a good pace for us. It's going to give us time to come up with some topics. Um, there's going to be plenty to talk about. I'm sure the news will keep trickling in. Of course, the fingers are all crossed that hockey will be back sooner rather than later and that that will be in a good circumstance and not just for the sake of bringing it back. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for us today, guys. A couple different ways that you can support the show. Um, you can check us out on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash acpod. Um, so with that, I don't think we've actually recorded a Patreon episode this month, but the different tiers. So for a dollar... A month, so this is just a one dollar monthly pledge. You get access to our in-game um, Discord chat, which, to be quite honest, has picked up over these last couple months. Yes, I think shout that, out to everyone out there in the Discord chat yeah, that have made it a good time. We are we are the few, but we are the proud. Um, we have some pretty awesome contributors in our Discord chat. It's kind of become its own little community, which is awesome. Um, everyone in there is always looking to chime in. Uh, you know, whether it's for a little humor or just with some really uh, constructive stuff. Um, it's just been awesome. And so thank you to everyone like Jake was saying, but if you want to be a part of that, if you're a diehard fan and you want to have some feedback with other diehard fans during games. So on weeknights for Pacific standard time ducks games, we have that in game chat. It's a lot of fun. Now for $5 a month, you still get access to the chat, but you also get two bonus episodes from us each month. So for those, we go more into league-wide topics. We sometimes go more in-depth on certain Ducks topics that we don't get a chance to really hone in on on the regular show. Uh, we sometimes go totally off-script and talk about movies, Star Wars. Wrestling. Um, wrestling. So it's just a lot of fun. If you enjoy what we're doing here and you want to see that continue, um, especially in these times where we are transitioning away from the, platform, the only platform we've ever known, SB Nation, into what will be our own platform. Really any support that you guys can give us is going to help us kind of get through that and be better on the other side of it. So that's again at patreon.com slash AC pod. Um, another way that you can support the show that's totally free to you, uh, but that does have a pretty long lasting effect. So leaving a rating and a review on Apple podcasts, just search Anaheim calling, leave your review, leave us your thoughts. And uh, that helps us climb up the rankings, helps the show get noticed and those metrics, uh, they go a long way when we're trying to, whether it's, you know, talk to sponsors or just make sure that the show is out there and is visible. So for the people that have left reviews in the past, we read them on the show and we just appreciate them. Uh, they mean a lot to us. They're the bread and butter of the show. Like Joe already, or like, why did I call you Joe? Well, like, like wow. Jake already wow. mentioned, <laughs> I have no idea why I said wow. Joe. Like, like Jake already mentioned. We are on YouTube. So if you're a YouTube fan, if that's how you enjoy your podcast, well, definitely go check us out there. Um, we're also on Spotify. We are on Stitcher. Check out those platforms. Um, Jake is on Twitter at ReindeerGames91. 
Uh, I definitely recommend following him in these dark times because he's got you covered on the wrestling oh, side of things. Oh, if wrestling continues, my Twitter account will probably become primary. You might just have to become a full-on wrestling account. Maybe. Hey. You, you, you might That might have to be your lockout. Will, will uh, everything become wrestling tweet from you? Or just wrestling tweet replies? I mean, at, at, at this point, I, I couldn't do that if it was every single I tweet. mean, at this point, are you going to have to watch wrestling? Mm, doubtful. I mean, we'll see. Although I don't know what else I'm going to watch. Yeah, maybe you will watch wrestling. Maybe that'll be our new thing. Maybe that'll be our, our escape from uh, from this horrible I, situation. Here's what I think you should do. for. We're going to record a Patreon episode this weekend. I think you should sit down and watch the most, either the most recent episode of AEW or watch the uh, most recent pay-per-view of AEW. I can give you my login so you can watch it. Don't worry. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll see. We'll um, see. Let us know if you'd like to hear that, uh, to hear Felix's <laughs> review, and we can go over a couple matches. Uh, I feel like it would be hilarious with Felix. The only way I do that is if there is some kind of alcohol. Involved. You at least have so. to watch the Orange Cassidy match. Maybe I really or, don't. Or maybe this. Maybe this. Maybe maybe we figure out a way this weekend for you to come on over to my place. We can sit down and have a beer and watch watch some of the matches and then record afterwards. We'll we'll figure something right. out. I, I, we'll do some we'll, we'll do something I, ridiculous. I do want to make mention of this though cuz I know you had said it but I also kind of want to uh echo what you said that uh stay safe out there. Hopefully we can provide a little bit of entertainment for you in this uh kind of very uncertain time and a little bit scary. Yeah, it feels like everything is changing by the hour. Yeah. I, I think what I'm learning is maybe stay off Twitter yeah. for most of the day. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. It's not really healthy yep. to just read beat by beat. Yep. Uh, what's going but on. I, I do want to say, try not to live in fear. Um, just try to keep on moving and we love all of you. We're all super supportive and are super uh, appreciative of everything that you all have done for us. Um, done for this podcast and even if this somehow might be the last one that this is the anaheim calling podcast um the show goes the on. show goes on and we love all of you yep wow jake just 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 going going for a, l- the a little, a little like emotional it. there a little sentimental i like it um yeah well on that note on that totally selfless note i'm gonna flip to a totally selfish note um, you can follow me on Twitter at Felix underscore Sicard. I actually have an article out at the fourth period that is kind of dated now, but I, I tracked. Actually, it's not dated because the, the season's canceled, so it's at a standstill. Uh, I did a breakdown player by player of all the trade deadline acquisitions, uh, looking at how everyone has played. So check that out. Um, and really, that's it. Like just to once again echo everything that's been said. Do everything you can. Take proper procedures. Um, hopefully you work somewhere where you can work from home, uh, sanitize, try to avoid large gatherings and we're going to make, we're going to get through this. We are going to absolutely get through this. We're going to be better for it. And the show, like Jake said, will go on. Yep. So on that note, everyone have a great rest of your week, have a great weekend, and we will talk to you at the next show. Love you all. Bye.